It's the Lakeview Centennial LC Patriot Pat Chat for September 3rd, 2020. Back at it at The View. Welcome to the Lakeview Centennial LC Patriot Pat Chat, recorded Thursday night, September 3rd. It's been a while since we've done this. Um, goodness, I'm your host, Mr. Fleming, and yeah, I think back to March was the last time we recorded a podcast, but here we are. And we are actually gathering together tonight virtually via um, Google Meet. We, I mean, we're on Google Meet all day long. We might as well be doing it in the in the evening. So why not? We spend all day together, so let's do it in the evening too. So let's introduce our uh, our guests tonight. Um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and we'll see how well this goes without being in the same room. We can't even look at each other. So uh, why don't you guys all introduce yourselves, and we'll see who's here. Hello, I'm Marisa Bailey, principal at Lakeview Centennial High School. Hello, I'm Marquise McLean, assistant principal at Lakeview Centennial High School. Hi, I'm Kendall Miller, head football coach and athletic coordinator at Lakeview Centennial High School. And I'm Amber Mullins, I'm the school nurse. Hello, I'm Taryn A. Knight, I'm the girls athletic coordinator and head track and cross country coach. Hi, I'm Jared Hudler. I'm the head band director here at Lake. This is probably our biggest panel we've ever had. So you notice that some people are remote. So uh, we'll kind of let, let that work as it will. And uh, hopefully it'll all work out. But huge roundtable tonight. And we have lots to talk about um, because we welcome kids back to 3505 Heyman Drive into classrooms on Tuesday. Um, yeah. That's easy. That's a big deal, right? Um, I mean... We welcome them back to classrooms on Tuesday, but band and athletics, you guys have been rolling along for um, for a little while now. So um, yeah, this is old hat for you guys. Um, the building gets its pulse back, and that's pretty exciting for us. I will tell you, um, if you think about this, and I, I don't know if you guys saw this in the show notes, but um, that building has not been empty this long since it was built. Think about that for a second. I mean, we haven't had kids there since March, right? Wow. Yeah, that's a long time. And it, and it feels like it, too, because when we're there all day long, um, it's, uh, it's, it's empty, it echoes, and the bells go off, and I think everybody's pretty excited. And oh, by the way, kids, yes, the pool on the roof, it is closed for COVID, so nobody's been up there either. Well, that's the safe thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> they actually believe that. They, they believe, really I mean... Yes. No, kids actually have pulled up satellite photos and said, how do you guys hide the pool on the roof? And I just play along and say, well, you know, Google, we are a Google, uh, a Google uh, uh, campus. So uh, they help us out with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, here we go. Lots to talk about. Um, where do we start? So I guess the big thing to talk about is uh, safety. So next Tuesday, um, 730. We're going to be welcoming kids back into the building. So I'm going to start this out with uh, with Nurse Mullins and uh, Miss Bailey. So are we ready? I think we are as ready as we could ever be. Um, I am calling this our second first day because we are starting with kids in the building, but we are starting also with our remote students at 7.30. So we are as back to normal as we can be during this time. And I think it's been really, really exciting and different. And the best part of it has been though, that we're all working together so that we can have school and we can have that interaction and we can do what 
what we've been wanting to do. And I'm sure the kids are thinking, I would have never thought I missed school, but they really do. And the ones that are staying home are wishing they could be with us. And the ones coming back, um, we have plans in place and we know that it will be the best it can be. And we're just excited for all of it to happen on Tuesday. So um, uh, Nurse Mullins, um, what is what is ready look like to us? Like, what are some of the of the precautions that um, that are going to be taking place on Tuesday from the nurses' perspective? Well, Tuesday is going to be like Miss Bailey said. It's going to be very exciting to see everyone back at school. Um, as far as uh, all the precautions on Tuesday, um, everybody's going to get their face mask and their face shield when they get to school um, in their B1 classes. Uh, their teachers will have that for them. And they're all going to be screened. We all have our um, entrances are going to have um, the new temperature screeners. So everybody will be screened when they get to school. So lots of different things, right? I mean, so you have that and then so temperature checks, you have the PPE being handed out. Um, what are some other things, Ms. Bailey, that, that are happening around the campus? Um, the biggest piece is the arrival piece because we have about 790 to 800 students coming back to us and we are going to have five different locations for people to enter and just to let you all know there's a big email that will go out tomorrow afternoon that gives you step by step how to go through the day gives you a schedule, gives you maps, and it's going to have everything you need to know to come back to uh, school. But we're going to have five locations for everybody to come in. They'll be scanned. Once they come in, they can either go to the cafeteria. And what's different about the cafeteria is we can only fit 170 students in there at one time. And the students know that this is going to be quite different because we're used to cramming in there over 600. So they're going to think, wow, I have room to sit down and relax and eat, but we also have to get everybody in there. So everyone's going to come in. If they get a breakfast, sit down. Once they're finished, they are going to leave and go to the auditorium where we have seats sectioned off where you can wait until the bell rings at about 720. We're going to kind of have a staggered dismissal. We would like those that are coming uh, being dropped off to not come any earlier than 710 if at all possible our bus riders will be coming in from about 650 to 710 themselves and so we kind of just want to stagger everybody coming in so we can get through the screeners we can get everybody that needs breakfast into the cafeteria and then at 720 everyone will go to their b5 it is a B-Day. It'll be our third B-Day in a row. And classes will be quite different than what we're used to. Um, so some classes you may have two or three in your class and others you may have 10, 11, 12. But we have very small class sizes, which again, we're not used to, but we, can, we have those set up so that um, social distancing can happen. Of course, the biggest piece of all of this is that everyone must wear a face mask at all times, whether you're inside or outside, as long as you're on campus, you have to have that face mask on. Also on Tuesday, we will have IDs for all of those that are returning, and you must have that visible because as you know, with a face mask, you're, you can't 
necessarily see exactly who you are. And so we want to make sure we have that identification so we can keep track of who's in our building. I mean, there's perspective here. So we're going to have 790 students returning to our campus. And our enrollment this year is one of the largest in GISD. We have over uh, 2,600 students now on our, on, at Lakeview Centennial. So 790, that's, that's not a lot of kids. So it, it, that's actually a good thing in the sense that we're able to control what we're doing with social distancing and sanitation and stuff. Uh, it, it's going to look pretty good on Tuesday, don't you think? Oh, I think absolutely. I think it's going to look very good. I think we're going to kind of be looking around going, where is everybody? Because we <laughs> we haven't ever had that much space in the building at one time, except when it's empty. So um, we're in a good place to where we can keep uh, all of us safe and healthy as long as we follow the social distancing and wear our mask. Now, real quick for athletics. Now, will some students already be out on the fields or in athletics during during this initial loading of kids? Yes. Yeah, so we've already been um, meeting and having some strength and conditioning and practices right now. Um, as kids come in that are um, virtual, uh, when they come in uh, for an athletic period uh, at the end of the day, uh, our kids that are in person uh, will already be there and dressed and have moved out to the field. So the second wave uh, of our athletes uh, will be those that are virtual. So to work out well for us in the social distancing aspect of our locker room, because the first wave will come in and get dressed and the second wave will come in behind them. So we will never have um, a crowded uh, dressing room uh, before practices. That's pretty cool. I mean, I think it's going to work out well um, in, in that capacity. Coach Knight, what about you? Well, it's a little bit different for girls athletics. We've uh, worked on a grid that kind of staggers out every sport. Since we're during the third period block, our kids that are face-to-face -face will, you know, get dressed in our locker rooms and they'll be distanced. And each sport group has a set time that they will, you know, go into certain locker room spaces, have their assigned lockers, get dressed and go out. Our virtual kids, we're asking them to show up dressed and ready to go so that we can limit the amount of uh, people that we have in our locker room so that we can mitigate the social distancing. We've got a really great plan, so it's going to be really good. Yeah, it sounds like it. So um, let's jump back uh, because I, I heard you guys mention earlier, and we got to play with these. So let's talk about these temperature scanners. That seems to be the thing that parents, from what I've seen on, uh, on social media and stuff, they're pretty excited about these or I guess they have lots of questions because we just got them in. So these temperature scanners, Mr. McLean, um, what does um, what would that look like when kids are coming in and we fire those up on Tuesday? Well, um, it's actually pretty great. You know, GISD was fortunate enough to um, purchase uh, the temperature scanners for every high school and middle school, I believe. Uh, and so the temperature scanners are about the size of a traditional uh, metal detector. They're about seven foot tall, about two and a half foot wide. Uh, and basically students will walk up, um, get scanned and walk right on through. Um, to and how get do they their, scan? Yeah, so to get their scan, they actually will um, put their wrist up to the sensor uh, about two inches away. And then once it beeps, it registers the temperature on the other side and then they're given permission to enter the building. Um, if they, if any student registers 
uh, above uh, or at a 100.0 degrees, um, they will be asked to sit in a cooling off area, which we will designate with signs and um, you will be directed to sit and cool off because we know we have uh, a lot of walkers. And so students who walk to the campus, they may have gotten overheated walking to the campus. So we'll give them a moment to cool down and then they'll um, come back and scan again. And then if um, by chance they are registering 100 again, then they will actually call, uh, call their parent. And then once they've called their parent, um, the parent will have about 30 minutes or so to come and pick them up according to our GISD guidelines. Um, now, I'll so say this real quick. I'll say this real mm -hmm. quick. I mean, day one, are we going to be perfect at this? Oh, I don't think so. But we're going <laughs> to we're going to we're going to give it the best shot we got. Uh, I, I promise you that. So um, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, and, you know, we want our parents to uh, help us out in that um, if their child is feeling sick or anyone in the home is feeling sick, um, just go ahead and stay home that day. Uh, it's fine. We'd rather you, um, in an abundance of caution, stay home um, rather than come and get everyone else sick as well. So um, if you or uh, your child is coughing or experiencing any type of uh, COVID symptoms, just stay home and um, log on and do your class from home. And that is, that is so important because you can do that. If you have selected to be on campus, um, and you're not feeling well, just staying home and going ahead and logging in virtually, that's okay. Just let the teacher know and they will set you or they will mark you present uh, synchronously, right? Yes, that is correct. That, that, that's a wonderful thing to be able to do. Um, okay, so another big feature that, I, that we actually saw today for the first time, this has been kind of that unicorn or that rainbow we've been dreaming for for so long. <laughs> the um, we're not going to have water fountains on campus. However, today they were installing the bottle water bottle fillers on some of the water fountains and those will be operational. How cool is that? We've been wanting those for years. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So that's my really question cool. is, do we know how many of those we're going to get? Miss Bailey, do you even know? Uh, once they have all arrived, I believe that. I want to believe that they're going to be on every water fountain, um, but I am not for sure. I know some arrived today and they were at least making sure there was one at each of the water fountain stations. So I'm not sure if more are in the works, but at least wherever there's a deck of water fountains, there's at least one water bottle filler in that, in that station. So students bring your own water bottles. And I think that that's a great thing anyway. We actually, when we tweeted that out today, it was liked and retweeted by the Go Green Garland folks because you know how many plastic water bottles that is going to save just having that. Absolutely. Really, really good idea. It's yeah, a yeah. pretty cool um, thing. Yeah, so we thank them very much for all that. Okay, so um, water bottles, we talked about that. Now let's think about this for a second. So what are some things that uh, we can expect teachers uh, to be doing in their classrooms on a daily basis um like what are some like what does the classroom look like i know i'm a classroom teacher so i should probably be the one to talk about this right um so like we have the plexiglass shields and social distancing actually in the classroom most classrooms are set up to be able to keep 10 12 kids six feet apart during class am i missing anything 
Nope, that's it. And like I said, there's a few, very few class, actual academic classes that have 15 or 16, and we're working with those teachers to be as socially distanced as we can. Um, as Dr. Lopez has said many times, our buildings and our buses were not made for social distancing, but we have put in place everything we can within our power with our buildings and our desk and resources we have, but there are just a handful of classes where there are going to be um, more than more than 15 students. And so as long, and then we're gonna, each uh, class period will have a very specific seating chart so that we know where students were sitting. And then the next class period, students will be sitting in opposite seats of of the previous class so that we can keep track and also keep desks sanitized and try to keep as much um, of the same uh, different students in the same place as we can not have that happening. We're gonna try that also. And every classroom has a full set of uh, sanitation and uh, we got spray, we have uh, plenty of things to wipe um, tables and chairs down with a lot of responsibilities on the teachers and i think i mean it's our classroom so uh so absolutely we're ready to wipe that stuff down you know we've also purchased uh or ordered uh, some stickers where um, teachers will kind of label the desk so that students know okay if you're in first period you're going to sit on the a desk or i even saw one teacher that's using um a deck of cards kind of style and so it's our teachers are getting really really creative to ensure that students who are in one class aren't sitting in the same seat from somebody uh, from the previous class. And um, one of the things that the teachers are also doing is cleaning after every use. Um, but then at night, our building is being misted by our cleaning staff. And then the next morning, we're ready to go uh, rocking and rolling again. Uh, so Nurse Mullins, I got something for you real quick. I have a question. Um, that a lot of us have been discussing kind of in our in our PLCs. So if a student looks I, and they've passed all of the precautions coming in, but you just have a hunch they're not feeling well, um, what should we do as teachers or what's gonna happen? Like what like what's the uh, what's the next steps there for students not feeling well? Sure, if, and everybody knows that, you know, you just have somebody that just doesn't look like they feel good. Um, you can always, you know, if they've, they've already passed the temperature check, um, you can always recheck it. Maybe it wasn't right the first time. You know, they recommend that everybody um, use the hand sanitizers um, when they enter a room and then again when you leave the classroom so that anything you've touched in that classroom, you're uh, washing your hands with the um, hand sanitizer uh, before you go to the next classroom. And we didn't talk about that. There's hand sanitizer now uh, on the walls in every one of the classrooms. Yes, yes. that is correct. Very good. So there's no excuse. Wash your hands. And we have reminders all over the building. Um, let's jump this. Let's jump over to uh, athletics because we talked at the beginning. You guys have been humming along for a while. And it takes a lot to get our sports teams in shape and ready for the season, which is all starting right now. You guys are doing lots of precautions in the mornings when students get there, in the afternoons, making lots of progress. How have y'all's days looked when it comes to interacting with the students? Well, we've, we've, you know, in a sense, gone through a couple of different phases. Um, as we began in early June, 
um, to start preparing in our conditioning phase, we really separated um, our our group, and, and I'm talking about concerns of football. And so we worked out each group in pods of no more than uh, 15, so that if by chance we did have an athlete that was uh, infected or, or came down with a positive test, then they were only in close proximity to those 15 people. And it wasn't something that could spread with everyone else. Uh, luckily, we never had that occur. And uh, so um, now then the county came in later in June and, and shut down uh, Dallas County. So we've kind of had two and three different uh, start and stops. Uh, the phase we're in now that we will move towards on Monday, uh, on Labor Day, is a lot of those restrictions are now rolled back. So uh, we'll be in, in less of a pod sense and we'll be more in an actual uh, what well, if you've ever seen a, a football practice or an athletic practice before, it would look like what is a normal practice with the exception of um, but, but there's still precautions that will go on throughout the entire season. Um, one, the biggest change has to be our, our players and water. Uh, that's something we've been used to since for the last 20 years. You have continuous water flowing out there and uh, the players are able to just go to it. And or we have trainers that walk around with different squirt bottles that you get and put in your mouth. And that's no more. Each each player is going to provide their own water jug. We will refill it for them, but they will have their own water jug. So that's something that's completely new to us. Come out to your field, you'll see 150 water uh, jugs out on the field <laughs> out there. So so that's a change. Um, just the way that we do um, simple things. I mean, before and after, I mentioned already about um, how we're spacing in the locker room and spacing that time out as we get dressed. Uh, we do that same thing afterwards. Um, uh, we'll provide uh, uh, the mask for our players anytime they're not in um, in practice, in a live practice mode, they'll have their mask on and also in the locker room. We take those masks up and wash them in uh, super hot water every day uh, before we uh, reissue them back out. So uh, this thing is continuous as we as we go on. I mean, we do realize that we are in a, in a contact sport, so um, all the contact can't be eliminated uh, just for the nature of, of this sport. Um, but this has been completely different. Than, than how we've done anything in the past or even imagined in the past. And we have to say that um, it has been effective uh, because uh, we've yet to come down with a, uh, with a positive case or a positive test uh, and much less an, uh, an outbreak of any sort. So, Coach Knight, do you feel like the, um, the athletes are responding to uh, what you guys are asking them to do? Oh, absolutely. I think that honestly, it's given them a newfound appreciation for the privilege that they have to be a part of athletics and our programs. The girls, they show up, I mean, and the guys this cross country, they show up, they stand on the socially distanced marks that are outside in the parking lot that we put out there. They sanitize their hands in and out as well as in between drills for volleyball and basketball they're just really, really excited to have the opportunity to be back on our campus. So we've had literally zero incidents of anyone having an issue with our protocols and our mitigation practices. It's been awesome. So as of right now, let's talk real quick, um, season openers that are coming up. When is volleyball? September 12th is volleyball's opener with their first scrimmage at DeSoto. And then September 15th is our first home game and they'll play Ennis in our gym. Unfortunately, we can't have any um, spectators at that particular game, 
but we're actively working to have a camera system set up so that we can record it and get it uploaded uh, as soon as we possibly can on that same night. Technology working for us again. What about football, Coach Miller? When is that again? Uh, season opener will be at home on October the 2nd, uh, Friday, October the 2nd. Uh, we'll open the season up uh, versus Irving MacArthur at HBJ. So this is a much later start than uh, we've been uh, used to traditionally in, in high school sports in this part of the country. Uh, but, you know, it's a little bit exciting. Uh, we're so typical. We're so used to starting the season at 100 degree games. So to start off a little bit cooler, uh, no, I'm not complaining about it. So um, it'll be a fun time. And now, HBJ uh, is a huge stadium, too, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. We're able to space out. Right, it is. So we, we won't have the same restrict restrictions as the indoor sports, but there will be restrictions. So um, uh, the, the crowd will be limited um, to who can purchase tickets um, and who can't. Some of that is still in the works, but there will be a limit um, according to the kid, according to the participants on, on who can attend and who can't. It won't be something that's accessible to everyone. Now, to combat that because obviously we'll have more people that want to uh, see the football games uh, that that are not allowed in um, all of the in our Garland stadiums, which is HPJ and Williams, um, all of the games that will be played um, in a GISD stadium will also be live streamed on the Internet. And so uh, up until this year, there has been a UIL ban on live streaming or television televised high school games in Texas on Friday night. So they could be on Thursday or Saturday, but a Friday night game could not be televised live. Um, they waived that for this year and this year only, understanding that so many of the stadiums were going to be limited uh, capacity-wise or, or seating arrangement-wise. So to allow um, some of the other fans and parents and students to see the games, they are now going to be um, live streamed uh, through GRS TV um, on um, uh, from HBJ and from Williams. That is absolutely uh, awesome. So um, we'll get to watch football even from our houses, which is kind of nice. Now, we'd love to be there because the atmosphere, you just can't beat it. But sure. if parents can't make it, now parents from our family from all over the country are able to watch these games now too. A absolutely. And that's something that each week we'll, we will put out. Um, I know that you'll do a super job of putting that out and – um, so that we have anyone that wants to log in or, or watch our LC football games, uh, they'll be able to do that. So, so that part's kind of exciting because, again, we know there'll be people that want to come and attend uh, that can't. Um, you know, my, myself, my parents are in their 80s, so uh, they haven't missed a game of mine since I was probably six. And so, but uh, right now there's a bit of a risk for them to do that. So uh, for them to still be able to to see and watch and some of our, some of other families because there will be a family restriction a, a number of family members that can't attend so some of our uh, some of our athletes and our students have large families we know that and so there'll be some that just won't be able to attend kind of like we have a graduation sometimes so uh, at least now they will be able to uh, watch uh, the football game online now you mentioned uh, cross country that season is right now too so coach Knight is that am I right in that is there actually a schedule now for uh, cross country? That is correct. We actually finalized that a few days ago. And so cross country has been practicing every morning. Unfortunately, this week has kind of rained us out and the ground saturation is just beyond what we can do since we can only practice on campus. But those kids have been getting up early and meet me out there back behind the uh, campus at 730 a.m. every morning and getting a good run in 
and they'll be, you know, actively preparing here the next couple of weeks for their first race on September 26th at Camp Rory in Mesquite. Pretty cool stuff. We can't forget cheers out there. Sweethearts are out there. The uh, outside of the, of the uh, campus has been a buzz uh, the past few weeks with a bunch of kids working out and getting ready. Um, speaking of bunch of kids, right? Uh, that's a pretty nice segue there. Let's uh, we once again have the largest band in GISD, um, which is pretty pretty great to to be able to uh, to cheer about that. So congratulations, uh, Mr. Hudler. Yeah, um, yeah really. Uh, we're we're right up there. How do we get that many kids ready to march uh, safely? And how do you guys how do you do that? Like, what does that look like for the band? Oh, uh, you know, got to do it carefully and with a lot of planning. Now, now, fortunately, you know, band directors being band directors, the moment all of this stuff started going down back in March, you know, we were all immediately thinking, okay, well, what about what about marching band? What about the summer? How is this going to work? So, uh, you know, back in the spring, we already had a plan formulated and ready to go and in place to kind of get us ready for whenever we were going to get to start in-person marching stuff again. Um, you know, the way... We've done it here is we we phased things in very gradually. We we actually had a, a virtual band camp the week before school started, which is novel, but it was very fun. You know, it's really interesting to have, uh, you know, about 230 or so kids staring back at you through Google Meets. It's almost like a faculty meeting. Um, exactly. <laughs> but it was awesome. We did a virtual camp where we had, you know, kids like split up into rooms working with their sections. We brought in some clinicians and got, got to make a, a whole lot out of it. Uh, and then starting last week, um, we started to phase our, our our large group of kids in kind of groups at a time. You know, we've got a leadership team of almost 40 students just by just that group alone. So we brought them in last Monday, kind of taught them the procedures and everything. And then one group at a time, woodwinds one day, brass another day, and just kind of phased everybody, teaching them our new protocols and procedures, which fortunately for, <laughs> for these band kids, you know, they are, they live the our lives by the protocols and procedures that we put in place and so you know for them it was just learning a different set of rules and you know it took about half half a rehearsal to get everybody completely on board and now they're they're doing awesome you know we do the same kind of stuff as athletics we we stagger the kids arrivals um assign them by pods and instrument groups to come in at certain times and we check their temperatures and they fill out a symptom screening form and all that kind of good stuff and then you know that we use we use the tools that we have to our advantage you know we, we've got our football grid we've got our practice pad so each kid and pod is assigned certain coordinates on that grid and that's where they report that's where they wait for further instructions and it, it all it all actually works out surprisingly well i think that's one key takeaway for stakeholders in garland and parents and people who, who may not even have a kid in band the, the understanding is is people need to realize all of the things that we are doing above and beyond as a campus to make sure the kids are protected, that they are doing the things that they love to do, whether it be performing in band or playing sports, they're doing all of these things and it takes a lot of work to get there, but it is a labor of love. And I think that um, all of us that are involved um, in, in making this happen, whatever this is, big air quotes, right? Um, it, it, it's, an, it's an enormous amount of work, but like, to hear the band out there finally practicing in the evenings, you know, the drums and to hear them, the horns blowing and, and to see the kids out on the football field, that absolutely makes all that work worth it because that's what this is all about, right? I mean, it's got to be wonderful to hear those drums finally hit 
um, with the sun going down. You guys have been posting some beautiful pictures on Twitter. What does that feel like as a band director, oh. a new band director, by the way? Congratulations oh, yeah. on that. You know, thanks. But yeah, this is my, my fifth year here at, at LC, but my first year you know, as, as head of the program. And, you know, it's a heck of a time to take over a program that large in the middle of a pandemic, but but it's been awesome. Uh, helps to have a really supportive administration. Um, but no, it's been great. Um, uh, you know, total goosebump kind of moment for us on, on Monday when we finally had the entire group all together in person at the same time. And, you know, we, we haven't heard these kids play anything together since March before we left. And, you know, we, we hear them play all the time on Zoom or Google Meets rather, but it's only ever one at a time. Cause you know, the, we all know these meets, you know, you can't synchronize anything, it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> so no, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And you know, it, was, it was a single note, all it was, you know, concert F and just, you don't realize how much you've missed it and until so you've gone so long without. And so it's very, very cool. And you know, what helps that too is just these kids have happened to have the best marching band weather in like the history of the activity over the last couple of weeks since we've come back, you know, the temperatures have been really, really pleasant. And so they're, they're really enjoying themselves. And, and I think at the end of the day, the neighborhood, the, the houses across the street and stuff, that's gotta be as much as sometimes it might get loud for them, but you know that even they have missed it because that's just part of the fall uh, up and down that area is listening to the kids practice in the band in the evenings. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, they're used to it. It's just got to feel so much more normal at their house now hearing, hearing that drum line tapping apes off right across the street. So I got to ask a tough question. I'm not sure what this even looks like. That's why I'm asking it. But what does marching season look like for y'all this year? Will there be marching or do you even know yet? There will be marching. Um, we didn't know that for a long time, but there will be marching for sure. Um, you know, we're able to kind of work our show out to where kids are still, even, even in the formation, staying six feet apart. Uh, and really making it work and still making a cool product out of it. Now, um, it is going to look a little different, and we're, we're not going to be quite as active as we normally would be. You know, we would typically go to five or six different competitions throughout the fall, maybe even more, depending on the year. Um, but, you know, most of the larger ones have, have gone ahead and decided to postpone until next year. Um, most of those competitions are, are big fundraisers for the schools that, that host them. And, you know, with all the restrictions on concessions and ticket sales and stuff, you know, it just didn't work out to, to benefit them enough. Um, but the plan right now is we're still working on a UIL show. Um, UIL has changed a little bit for us. You know, they've, they've relaxed some of the timing requirements and things like that. And they've extended our date from mid-October to mid-November. So we get a little extra time. Um, but that is our plan. We're, we're going to put out a, a awesome show um, based on Holst's music, The Planets. So it's just some really fun, catchy stuff. And, uh, you know, it's going to be great. It'll be fun to see it all come together. What a great discussion we had tonight. I mean, I, when we put this, we kind of thought about doing this a couple of days ago. It's like, well, how is this going to work? I, I think this, is, this has been fantastic in the sense that we got to share so much, uh, so much valuable information. So thank you guys, all of you, for being here. Um, tonight. I know it, it took time out of your, your personal time away from, as we call it, away from the office. But um, so thank you for being here. I got one last thing for everybody. And I know I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but try to think about real quick, one or two people, like who do you want to say, if you could say thank you and, and great job to a group of people or to somebody, um, who would that be? And I'm going to start with uh, Miss Bailey. Who, do you, who would you like to give kind of a little shout out to or just to say thank you to? 
Well, mine will be two groups. Uh, the first group is obviously our staff. Every single person at Lake Centennial High School has gone above and beyond to do whatever it takes to start school the first time remotely and now to start school the second time with remote and face-to-face. -face. It's just been awesome how we have all worked together for this. And then the second group, of course, is our parents. I cannot thank them enough for their patience, their flexibility, their support, and really honestly, their true partnership. They have been so supportive of us. Every email I've received from a parent has, even though they are experiencing difficulty, they just wanna work together to solve the concern and make sure that their students can learn and have what they need to learn and so it's just been a wonderful family atmosphere between the two groups and i could not be more fortunate to have everybody i have and we are all working together for our students that we all love so much and we want to give them the best high school experience we can during this time. Yes, the learning is very important, but there's also all the other social aspects and the, and the growth in the extracurriculars and athletics and the organizations. And so much of that is missing for them. And we just wanna do everything we can to make sure we give them the best year possible. Fantastic. Uh, let's see, let's go to uh, Coach Miller. What about you? You know, one group I wanna, thank and, and really recognize that I think is kind of our unsung heroes during this is our, um, you know, our cleaning staff, our cleaning and janitorial staff that they're the ones that are staying every night and every weekend and doing the, the extra time to, to clean and disinfect um, every day. And that's something right now we know, you know, that that's not a luxury, that's a necessity. And how successful we are um, depends on how safe they are uh, making our building. And so in a sense, we could say they're the first line of defense um, against uh, this COVID and, um, and they've done a, a super job doing it and they continue to do that. So I uh, really wanna say thank you to them and what they do um, each day uh, to make our building safe. They are an amazing group of people and you just see the, um, the look of the pride on their face as they're walking around the halls and literally wiping stuff down as we go past. They're working very hard. Uh, nurse uh, Nurse Mullins, what about you? Do you have somebody you want to just say thank you to or lift up, I guess? Um, well, um, first, I'd like to start with uh, my amazing colleagues. Um, we've, we throw, we bounce off ideas off each other all week. Um, we work together probably, you know, almost 18 hours a day behind the scenes at home um, with each other. And then our amazing administration. Um, we couldn't have done a lot this week without you guys. Um, uh, very supportive. Um, and then the staff. Uh, we've given a whole lot of information to the staff this week. There's been a lot of changes come up for this year. Um, and anything and everything that has gone y'all's way, y'all have just taken all the information and run with it. And it's going to be a great year. It does feel like um, there's there's so much every single day, and you can just feel it that uh, we're just pushing towards getting a few kids back in that building on Tuesday. So it's pretty exciting stuff. What about you, Mr. McLean? Uh, who would you like to give a shout out to? 
Um, you know, I'm always looking for uh, the diamonds in the rough. And um, I think uh, there are two groups of individuals who I'd like to really uh, uplift. And the first would be our um, technology department. You know, um, yeah. our students haven't wanted for technology. Um, and every student is getting a device. And if they haven't gotten one, uh, they will get one. Um, and if they haven't gotten one, it's because they haven't communicated that they need one. Um, and <laughs> they have hotspots and like our technology department really uh, stepped up to the challenge and um, allowed our uh, education to continue in the midst of uh, this pandemic. And um, without them, I don't think we would have the successes that we are uh, currently having. Um, and then our food services people, um, you know, We've had lunches all through the pandemic uh, and students and families have been able to come up and pick up uh, meals all the way through. And that was one of the biggest things that uh, I give our district uh, kudos to um, because, you know, our students are, most of our students are on free or and or reduced lunch and um, they didn't charge students for meals and every student who wanted a meal got a meal and that's continuing even now even while we are doing virtual school so i think those two departments are the departments that i think of uh oh and i forgot about another one um our office folks you know they are the ones who behind the scenes who uh the first day of school they answered more phone calls about uh canvas, canvas. Is a, <laughs> a platform they've never used uh and were able to successfully uh help students get logged in and parents get their children logged in <laughs> that was a big day right there coach knight yeah. what about you well, I'd like to thank our, our coaches, athletic train and athletic trainers. You know, Coach Miller and I ask a lot of them, especially during this time, because there's so many different pieces to the puzzle that have to be put together. And they show up, step up and make things happen for us and for our kids and help us to really and truly keep the ship afloat. And um, I'd also like to thank our campus admin to have a team of administrators that are as supportive as you all are, you couldn't ask for anything more than that. And it makes every single day just that much more fun and exciting and, you know, productive for all of us and especially for our kids. Absolutely. They are a, a special group, a, a great team. And uh, Mr. Hudler, what about you? Uh, to, to kind of bring, bring up the finish here, give us somebody that you would like to, uh, to recognize. Sure. I'll limit it to two groups. Um, I would have to show, uh, throw out a thank you to my colleagues on the band staff. Uh, you know, we, we didn't get our team together and come in until relatively late in the summer, but as soon as we were all in, uh, you know, we hit the ground running and I've, I've been thoroughly impressed with what our small group has been able to accomplish uh, with all the circumstances. You know, we're, we're just a staff of three band directors and a color guard director with that large group of kids, but, but it's been really amazing what they've been able to do. And then I, I have to just thank the kids themselves. Um, you know, everything about what they're doing in band and school, virtually and in person is completely different from what they're used to. And on top of that, you know, they're doing it with, with new directors, with new leadership. 
Um, but they have taken every change and every opportunity like in stride without complaint and just the, you, know, you can just tell they're so eager and happy to be just involved and working and part of the group again. So I, I just have to thank them for their positivity through all of this. It's uh, It's been quite an experience to say the least. I don't think when, when any of us signed up to be educators or to work in education that we would have expected to weather um, a storm or, or a challenge that, that has gone that we've all experienced since about March. And it's nice to finally feel like hopefully we're making a lot of progress towards whatever normal is going to be. Guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I, um, I, I think it was a, a great discussion and uh, I really appreciate you being here. And let's make a, let's do a pack. Let's make a pack. Next time we talk and have a podcast, let's do it in person. Granted, probably six feet apart, but let's do it in the same room and uh, do it on campus and and uh, hopefully I'll be be together as we're uh, welcoming back more and more students in the next in the next few weeks. So thank you guys for being here. That is tonight's edition of the LC Patriot um, Pat Chat. I'm uh, Mr. Fleming. It's been a, it's been a pleasure hosting. Thank you guys for being here, and we will see you next time. <laughs>